back to another episode of like dragon like sun i'm jay Oway. and my name is jack Oway. and this is a father-son podcast talking about all things D. that's right that's dungeons and dragons and uh this week we are delving into uh the monk class uh mm. for those of you who are new to playing D and thinking "Ooh, i'd really like to play a monk but hey everybody on reddit saying like the monk's totally broken and weak and crap and i shouldn't play it um to which i should say stop reading reddit mm uh there is no bad uh D class that only only people who don't play their characters good enough oh well okay let's i don't know about that uh so yeah you'll you can always be a great player at the table regardless of how good your character is but we're gonna go through monk and talk about a few ways that maybe if you're a player who's you know been at this for a while and has got a good relationship with their dm could say hey dm how about how about we do a couple of little table rules a couple of tweaks a couple of things that might make it even better and then we're going to take it even a step further and say hey yo pro dms out there have we got a revision revision mm. of we have revivified your monk class <laughs> right of course uh, um, only took a 350 gp diamond to do it but. yeah kind of like that um or a bag of 350 GP worth of diamonds. It doesn't have to be a single diamond. Hey, my game, it's got to be a single chunk. It's got to be one rock. One Otherwise, rock doesn't count. One rock, one soul. How many people are we reviving here? Wow. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, That's what the mending spell's for. Exactly. Uh, but let's get to monks. Why do people feel like they're underpowered? What's the deal? Because yeah. they seem what cool, the right? What's wrong with they this? don't need armor. They move faster than everyone else. They can do magical punches with their fists. They don't need any weapons. They seem like Flurry they're on top blows, of the game, right? Bonus action dodge. Like out the gate, they're making four attacks. It seems like well, where's all this? You know, bonus action from? dodge with an unarmored AC of sixteen. Who's hitting you? Like exactly. nobody's hitting you. But there are some criticisms of the monk, which mostly lie in um, resource management and high level fall off, which is really not that much of a complaint unless you're a real yeah, war okay. gamer. First of all, A, nobody plays high levels because it's true. most Very campaigns true. fall apart because the old scheduling demon gets to everybody. Yeah. Um, it's a real BBEG. And big bad evil guy, if you're not familiar. Um, but there are parts of Monk which I feel could be improved, as with all classes, in terms of modularity. Because 5th edition was really built for simplicity and getting a bunch of people into the game. And kept kind of all the complex stuff to a couple of classes and all the simple stuff available to most other classes. Unless you really wanted to dig your teeth in. You can dig your teeth in. It's, it's designed beautifully in that way. Yeah. But sometimes uh, I would just want a little bit more. And we'll get to that. I mean, I think clearly Warlock is one of the best classes in terms of its or ability druid. to be uh you know layer upon layer of sort of customization hmm. which is fun and a lot i think of casters, we'll, I mean, we, we'll have a little look at how you could do that the druid with the druid with a monk but first let's just have a little look at what are some ways that we could fix this and a friend of mine and i went online and we play tested a couple of easy fixes for this um so so as you mentioned resource management and by which we are talking about one thing key, key. yeah 
Uh, That's your special thing as a monkey. Everybody keeps saying, oh, I don't have enough key. I don't have enough key. Of course, which my answer would be, uh, can I just give you more key? Would that solve the problem? Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, people are like, no, because they're just going to spam the flurry of blows. And I'm like, so? Or actually, actually, that's not the one they worry about. They're going to spam the stunning strike. Now, as a DM, I have to say, stunning strike is bloody annoying. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of big monsters come out in the battlefield and the monk just goes pop oh you're stunned <laughs> you know and the that, whole party just like wails sure. on the creature for a round and then the creature is like okay i'm not stunned anymore and the monk boop oh you're sure, stunned sure, sure. again i think that speaks to a commentary on how perhaps under like under I, I guess underwhelming i don't say underwhelming but how frustrating um conditions are in fifth edition and that there there's only poisoned for a condition that doesn't take your turn away practically like almost every other condition is some form of incapacitated which means you can't have a turn which is just so annoying right and well but here's the thing as as powerful i think that feels like oh you look at that your character has stunned somebody in the map those who play monks uh inform me that this is really boring this is all my character does i go out and i stun somebody mm-hmm and it's like, oh, what am I going to do this turn? I'm going to go in and use a key point to stun them. Yeah. And well, hopefully, I think, yeah. hopefully I won't run out of key points because if I can't do this, then I can't do anything. And then I'm like, okay, if that's how you see your character, clearly this is broken because that's really boring. And nobody wants to play a boring character. Hmm. Of course. And also, I think there's also, you know, we talk a lot about in sub- combat, that subverting tropes in, the, in this game as well. Like, how do we make a you know, an unusual ranger or an unusual like fighter, things that don't even look like the class. We've built, heck, we built a, a cleric with a bard and we've built, you know, a fighter with a, a warlock. Like we, we've done all sorts of interesting builds, but I'm not sure I can use a monk cl- class to build something else terribly well because they really don't have a lot going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from this sort of a Key. bunch of, yes, yeah, strikes they get to do with key and it's they are an unusual one when they come around on their t- on their turn it's like they end up rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling the d20 um, for what d4s d6s maybe yeah, d8s yeah. Path, 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 you path. rarely ever see d10s. tiny small amounts of damage that are rolled again and again meanwhile then it you know the rogue takes their turn rolls once and dumps you know a bunch of d6s into their sneak attack hmm. damage and like okay i'm done my turn sure um but, so and then hiding and without would and they can do their bonus action stuff infinitely well yeah. theoretically you have a limited number of times yeah. you can do those things uh, which the, feels like it's kind of unfair the rogues are the rogues definitely have got you know when compared to monks yeah an unfair advantage um, in that way yeah and are more fun to play very true of it very very true um so what's the fix here get rid of key points mm, i think it's like a, a unique part of the class that makes it very yeah. um very like approachable in a sense that it's very understandable um, rather than a lot of people get confused about sneak attack um, and that the fact that there's like not a limited use and like the scenarios around it and why it's set up in that way where key points makes it very easy to understand like it's almost like this classic concept of spell points or mana that people really seem to get from classic RPGs rather than this spell slot system which I I don't think there's an issue with the spell slot system necessarily um, but people get the points right there's this yeah. pool that I can see and it's diminishing and things cost amount of points that's as simple as you and, get and pretty much yeah and there's it's other like there's other classes that do 
point pools as well. I mean, sorcerers have got sorcery points. Yeah. Um, and even though, in a way, paladins have on hand points. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, and druids have got wild shape. Well, no, those are it's uses. kind of a little bit different, but yeah. There's okay. like the whole uses versus points yeah. things. And... Um, but so they, we have this pools of points. We've talked about even the idea of uh, using the option rules from the back of the DMG to you know, reduce sorcerer. And yeah, we have a just to use, our, uh, just to do, um, you know, points for all your spells. There's mm-hmm. an option for doing that. Um, so point pools are, aren't, yeah, they're not unusual, but we don't want them to be the same thing, right? So we don't want key just to be another magic pool, right? Sure, key sure. needs to be treated as something a little bit different. It has to do with mind and body, right? Because that's right. kind of, I think, the well, sure. I mean, essence the, of... The way key is sort of written is it's this force, internal force that you've cultivated that enhances you and gives you your martial prowess rather than just physical training or just this burning rage or whatever you might flavor your rage as um, or immense like knack like a rogue might have and cunningness. You have a study of magical energy within yourself, um, like this energy that you use, which gives you magical qualities over other martial classes. Not to say that spells necessary, but this enhanced movement, this all aspects of your body and mind are strengthened. The other non-magical point one that I was thinking about, uh, battle masters have got. Mm. Uh, they don't have points though. It's also uses. It's sort of like it's not points. It's no. uses. All right. It's like um, slots. But isn't, but isn't key kind it's of? It's like working calling a like, channel of points. So you're thinking like, okay. No, so you're thinking uses. that some things cost more than one key point. Well, definitely. Yeah, there are things right that cost more than one, and if you were to sort of fix or expand this you could have things that had varying costs and, and key points that could do varying levels of things absolutely um okay that's interesting but you spoke about stunning strike and people worrying about people like monks if they just had more key points they just spam more stunning strikes and so what's the fix to this what's the suggestion your friend right. made so okay so we play tested and it worked out great actually so uh normally you spend uh, one key point to do flurry of blows and then you spend one whole key point more to do stunning strike. Right. The so idea, there's two key point invested there yeah. for a single save. And if they succeed, then... So right. the idea on this was that... You don't have to do flurry blows, though. You can stunning strike your regular punches as well. But True. So we thought, well, wouldn't it be nice if we just put those two things together? Right? So flurry of blows and stunning strike, uh, they just went... They became a package deal. So when you did Flare of Blows, it automatically came with the save that the creature had to make. I don't know how I feel about that. That helped conserve key points, for sure. Sure, but what if my monk isn't like that? I mean, why do all my punches got to be knockout punches? I mean, I guess I could flavor it, but it seems, again, somewhat absurdly powerful. It still costs me my bonus action to do now. I can't do it as a part of my regular attack. But if I was attacking anyways, that's when my Flare of Blows comes, right? So... I don't know. Uh, I feel like it, this is only, is this for both strikes or just for one of the extra strikes you get? Um, that's a good point. It was for both. For both. So there's still two chances in one cost. Yeah. So now the cost has been halved. Yeah. So Every turn I can attempt to stun people twice. Yeah. Now, which again, people might have an issue with. Yeah. It, it seems like, oh my goodness, they're just going to be spamming the heck out of this. Now it does, it does. It is true after stepping back and looking at it, even though as a DM, I think, oh my gosh, they're always succeeding on studying my creatures. The DC save on it actually isn't that hard. Um, it's like any spellcaster save. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of, you know, its function doesn't always kick in. The damage off usually does. You actually, you seem to hit, your two hit seems to be better than your the 
the success on the stuns. Um, that was just one way that we found to sort of, it also kind of just sort of streamlined the process uh, just a little bit. Um, mm. The other yeah, suggestion, I, I the other suggestion we tried, the other suggestion we tried was leaving the cost on stunning strike because then you like you say mm -hmm. you could decide if and when you want to use and if you're that even that sort of guy and then instead giving flurry of blows for free right well they kind of already do get one in that martial arts gives them a free punch automatically but flurry of blows would mean that they get two free punches and i i, I like to like the idea that some people suggest like oh instead of getting normal extra attacks instead make their flurry of blows stronger um where it'd be like instead of two extra strikes now it's three extra strikes four extra strikes whatever right which i think is not a bad idea either i went from a completely different direction but we don't have to go jump to what my solution was right away um and touch on some of the other smaller minute details which make me feel a monk isn't quite as versatile or as inviting as some of the other martial classes and the first thing is the proficiency you get um, as opposed with uh, rogues who get um, things like even crossbows long swords rapiers um, rangers get all martial weapons sort of paladins fighters barbarians almost every other martial class gets more weapon proficiencies than you do which is okay like what I'm, I'm unarmed anyways i don't need weapons but still it does limit you it, it basically just gives you sh like simple weapons and short swords which are considered monk weapons um there are other things like can say that try to remedy this by giving you more um I, I don't really mean remedy but you know get what i'm saying and i think if there's someone who wants to play someone with a, a big, not necessarily super big weapon, but they want to do more of a katana-like longsword thing um, or play into those ideas or a big war hammer that they swing down like and, and flip around with and like the whole contrast between their light bodies and heavy things and momentum, like that's a totally cool idea. And so I just wanted to give people the option to have all simple and martial weapons would be the first thing I'd change with monks. It's just making them proficient in all sorts of weapons. I mean, monasteries don't just train in the fist. There's all sorts of types of weapons. And I still exclude heavy weapons, except long bows, uh, from what can be monk weapons, because I feel like great swords don't necessarily match. But if a player really came up to me and was like, I'm willing to sacrifice something else, could I have a big great sword. You think of comics or manga like Berserk, or I could imagine one with a, a glaive or things like that. Those are all examples of how you could do a monk with a heavy weapon. And I think it's a cool concept for sure, right? But I still think that for most situations, there wouldn't be a big heavy weapon that they'd be wielding. Still, up to consideration. They do get more tools than most of the martial classes, which is unique, but again, hardly ever comes up in any game I've seen. Their saving throws are all physical based, uh, although they do get them like more of them at higher levels i wish that it was introduced a little bit sooner that they get wisdom saves sooner because i feel like the protection of the mind is a big part of monks and that's kind of underrealized early on um and then finally they get some of the worst amount of skill proficiencies given how skillful they feel somehow yeah they they aren't skill monkeys at all at like, all no yeah like uh, they're on the par of barbarian like they're that skillless in a sense like the skill list for barbarian is maybe just as like like a very similar size to the skill list of monks like monks get an option they can pick two from a list of six whereas um it's the exact same as barbarian when, and the thing is we keep coming to monks as if they always have to be a martial artist right like it's almost as if D, D has like has made those words synonymous with each other right right monk a monk is someone who comes from a monastery typically um this isn't necessarily, and, and you can flavor what 
what you think in your game qualifies as a monastery or not. But it could be a whole range of different things. And these could be very studied uh, people, very cloistered. They don't have to be so much even powerful fighting type people. Like, you know, like we, I think there's so much in D&D that is geared towards damage output. And monks in many ways were just completely tooled up to be this person who's just, you know, all like, whoa, throwing as many punches Paf, 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 and as they can, where instead of like, yeah, stepping back and looking at a little bit more of, oh, well, what does key mean and how can I do that to flavor this character, be it like either through a weapon or maybe being a very defensive or very, or a way that they can help other people in the party? Can they be a support role? Um, could they even be some type of healer uh, since they seem to be all into mind and body and things? Like, there's a lot of stuff here that I think are doors that aren't opened for monks. Um, and because of that, they that's why they feel so one-dimensional. That's why it's just like, oh, I'm the guy that does Punches martial and arts and stung, stuns like, people and I can run it, fast. Yeah, it is limiting. And so a fix I would also give is increasing that two proficiencies with a, from a list of six to three proficiencies from a list of ten um, to make them much more versatile in terms of the skills you could pick up as well as giving them expertise down the line. Now, I make a bunch of other significant changes, but before we get to some of those what are other things that people typically complain about the monk do you have like other things that were changed or that you guys talked about uh yeah no i mean for us it really was just trying to look at the simplest easiest ways that we could help uh, like as a table rule without having to do any additional math or anything like that we were just like okay let's try this a couple of different ways let's try it if we included the, the stunning strike as part of something or if we gave uh, the uh, flurry of blows free. Mm. And and I guess that really what we were looking at was the primary complaint that a lot of people have is that there's just not enough key points without sitting there and saying, okay, well, I'm going to give you a lot more key points. Mm. You know, how could we use that? But then, of course, yeah, as we got talking through it, we then started saying, well, what else could keep? the key points be used for so we have there is other uses right we have step of the wind currently with it and patient defense um although why patient defense should cost you a point i don't know well because um, getting every turn is a bonus action to Im immediately provoke might make every opportunity or not opportunity every attack disadvantage is kind of powerful well look dodge rogues, is underrated rogues get uh dash or disengage uh, and hide all as a bonus action every round if they want them yeah and that's why fine. a bonus action dodge because if you take your bonus action dodge then you're not taking your bonus action attack right so well, but then everyone else has disadvantage against you which is the main thing dodge is, is severely underrated well since you're not wearing armor it's not such a bad deal true but i don't know making that free at will i i feel like then like what does key become like what, what do we use key for only for more punches right because well, like, now like we've removed it, another key thing i think right? i think we need to look at it in terms of other things like like could you That's do healing I mean. why can't could you do skills could still? you okay i mean uh, uh, yeah i could, very well could be um i'm just saying like that that the argument that i would i would often hear would be the um, how many, any, are any of the things that you currently spend key on, could they be for free? Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know. I, I wanted to make key more of a significant thing for monks because you don't get it until second level, which feels like it's a, a thing that you learn or develop, which yeah. I kind of well, want to be out of the gate. 
at least the, the way I would feel. And I do a major restructuring of the monk class um, that kind of takes all these like um, floating features, I feel, like with the monk, because it does feel like you're getting a lot of different things in a similar way to the rogue does, where they just pick up lots of different things, which kind of push you down a path you might not want to go. Uh, in a sense. And there's a lot to the monk idea that is founded um, in many different cultures across the world. And that you're sort of forced into this classic, um, almost Bruce Lee in some way, yeah. like, like, you know, no it's, armor, it's, flipping around, doing sure. lots of punches. It's, yeah, you know, it feels a little bit like it's, one it's reductive. Every single one has to be like some sort of Eastern Asian sort of vibe to it. And then and they even tried to then do that it's, with it's way only... of mercy and subject, like subvert that into more of like a, a masked doctor. But still, I feel people only see the monk as one thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's all sorts of monks across the world that aren't at all Asian. Not to say that, to, to discount that. I think I love playing monks inspired that, by that because we live in... Sure. an Asian place filled with those sorts of sure. films which are in inspiring and yeah. developing and it's good to see that that there's any sort of representation but if we're being reductive then it feels like there's more potential out there and people there's been attention has been given to things like the ranger but it always felt like the monk was just kind of this um this one thing that you were you well, know? Yeah, I mean like there's only I mean, one image I'm just looking monk. right now even at the subclasses right ascendant dragon uh, drunken Honestly, master, it's, it's, it's one of my four elements, Kensei, open hand, long death, sun soul. Like all of this is just tiny variations on the same idea. Pretty much. Right? Like, you know, we don't actually. Like I mean, if, if I wasn't super familiar and in depth, like could you, could I tell you the difference between drunken master and open hand? I don't think so. Could I tell you the difference between? Um, well, it, it just seems to me that this is a mercy bit, and shadow. This or... could be treated a little bit like the way that um, the warlock has got different levels of things, right? If you wanted to have a martial arts type ability for your monk, that there should be a number of different martial art type experiences, um, and some of them a little bit more magically or elementally charged, as some of these are. Um, that you could choose from. But that's only one aspect of your monk, right? That isn't everything about your monk, mm -hmm. right? Like you should be able to pick and choose that and combine it with, you know, your m monastic traditions, which should be another layer of, of choices on top of that. Exactly, because there's no choice besides your initial proficiencies and then your subclass and ASIs, which is it. There's nothing yeah. else you get to choose. And most of the martial classes end up being like that. Uh, if you're barbarian, you know what that feels like. You have no choice essentially paladins and rangers get their spells and new newer rangers um might get to pick things like uh actually no the newer rangers actually remove this customizability but there used to be things like favorite enemies and things like that or subclasses which give you more option like even the fighter the battle master gives you supreme choice and there's fighting styles too which all give this more customizability and that's why the ranger paladin and fighter feel more like unique characters they don't feel like one thing they feel very versatile almost with all their unique truly unique subclasses um i mean you look at fighter and there's there's distinct difference where in in the monk it can feel like it, it all kind of looks like the same thing um is this person punching but their punches do something a little bit different um I, i'd say barbarian does feel the same and i think at some point barbarian needs a, a revamp as well um that makes them more customizable um but right now i think with the monk a big part of it is this making them special, especially if they are like, like you think about all like the monasteries around the world, besides just the tradition, there is all sorts of styles. And even when I used to do martial arts when I was younger, um, 
like the amount of different techniques you learn and the like the discipline to it is a huge part of it um the idea of like an of asceticism almost is even mentioned in the description but it feels like it's almost sort of lost like this self-discipline and training uh, yeah. is a huge part of it but feels like it's never really realized in the monk and so my version kind of completely shifts around how it works to make it a little bit more like eldritch invocations for your warlock which are not only necessarily um martial art options but some of them very much more magical um some of them spell casting sure. some of them healing and, some and of them leave supportive. it up to the player and the dm then defensive to dis to describe where they got these powers from yeah. let them sort of build their own backstory their own monastery their own nunnery their own whatever uh, and, and that could be it, it that could be totally subverted too. It doesn't have to be some remote, isolated, you know, place on top of a a mountain somewhere. Mm -hmm. You could be an inner city basement um you know, place Peace fighter. Yeah, or and but you're often a caring sort of person. Maybe you were it was a soup kitchen and you just had to protect, you know, the homeless people all the time and you just got good at at yeah, fighting in the streets just to protect people. Um, you know what I mean? Like that story right away, I'm like, oh, that's a neat kind of character, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's somebody who, yeah, who's, whose origins are much more about caring and looking after people. Um, and the fighting was, you know, or developing a discipline, you know, yeah. like, like paladins have oaths, you have your own sort of discipline and, and, um, practices and techniques that you've developed, whether through helping people, whether through study under a monastery, some of them maybe not even offensive, like not kicking people at, and throwing them across the room, but more, you know, running over and learning how to use your energy and flow that into other people to help them or well, hinder them or, you know, um, to create magical effects. You yeah. know, maybe you do, you did awaken in this, in a sorcery in a completely different sense, almost this attunement with nature in a way that Druid often also fails to really um, realize without just turning into a, a little wolf. Um, or you actually can control the waves or the winds or whatever it might be that feels like this this classic concept of a monk without needing to be dedicated to a specific subclass. In the way of the Cobalt Soul, you know, it, it which again, it, it bugs me that it's still stamped with unofficial material. I'm pretty sure it's in an actual official book, but... No, um, is it not in... No, it's not. In... Uh, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount? Yeah. It's not. Really? No. Huh. Okay. Um, but still, the the one thing I was going to say about Cobalt Soul, those of you familiar with Critical Role would know this. Those of you who haven't watched it, it's from their, their second campaign. They had a character in the... The Cobalt Soul was a sort of repository of information and books and things. And while the character still more or less played a, a monk that had the usual, you know, punch, punch, punch. It did always sort of make me think, well, yeah, that's actually something research and, you know, libraries and connection to those sorts of things. Like your, your so-called monk could really begin as a, a librarian of some mm -hmm, sort of and have much more of a research. And, and that then suddenly makes me, gives me vibes more like the knowledge domain cleric almost where your key suddenly can start fueling, you know, knowledge-based stuff or, you know, those sorts of ideas are, I think, what's really missing in the monk. Yeah, yeah. And the way I've chosen to redo it is kind of takes out all these sort of like things. Like if you look, if you open the monk page, you'll see they get so many different class features. If you look at their table, it's just like feature after feature after feature that's new. And like, what are all these, what's purity of body, tongue of sun and moon? What, what are all these things that I'm getting, you know, that suddenly make me feel like I'm going down this path I didn't choose. 
Um, it's almost like is if like the warlock class were just given some of the the most generic invocations and then called it a day, right? Like how boring would that be? Uh, and so I've taken, not not I've not taken it upon myself, but I've I've wanted to redo it, and I've made key the central aspect. Uh, you get a little bit more, just your proficiency bonus, but otherwise it's the same. Monk level plus proficiency bonus, which you get on a shorter long rest. Um, same as normal. But while you have at least one key point uh, flowing through you, so some of this energy, uh, you get your quickened movement. You get your uh, unarmored defense. And you get your enhanced strikes out of the gate to make you feel like this potent um, energy is driving this enhanced martial prowess, right? Uh, that your... AC is dex plus your wisdom. You know, you can add your intuition to some sense or this connection to your um, defenses. You know, all of these things that um, define the monk in the classic sense without necessarily putting you down a path or throwing all these things in your face uh, all at once um, and making key the central part of it. Uh, I also, because um, a lot of the uses for key don't come until later. And so when you're first picking it up, it's like, what do I do with all these points? Well, flurry blows, etc. cetera. Uh, none of those are now the standards you get. You'll have to pick those. Um, but before that, you get a free thing where, because um, some people also argue that monks are some of the squishiest, that rogues get all sorts of things like evasion, uncanny dodge, and um, other sort of saving throw things later on that can make them very uh, capable of slipping away and uh, avoiding a lot of damage um, for their D8 hit die, which for the martial classes is the lowest alongside the monk um you know ranger paladin fighter all they get these d10s and the barbarian gets the d12 plus rage and they are much more built for taking damage when really you're built for getting in and then dipping out but you can only do so so much that actually does remind me of one other thing that we play tested so if you sure. you want a simple table rule that can definitely help monks uh be feel a little bit tanky they currently have something called deflect missile right which is only for when they're being shot at by a range attack weapon. We changed it to just call it deflection. And it would basically work the same way, but also for melee attacks. So they burn the reaction and then can roll to reduce the damage mm -hmm. that an attack does to them. Of course, you can't really deflect a strike like that, per se. Well, you couldn't, you can't spin around and throw it back, right? right. Well, although maybe, why not? You could describe it martial artly that you somehow. You know, there's lots of, of martial arts stuff that seems to turn a person's weapon back on them. But um, but we were just using it to reduce damage potentially to even to zero. Mm. And it, because it's a reaction, you're only getting that once per round. So, you know, you use it when you think most strategically you should. Um, and But that also can have a huge effect on the hit point savings. You know, if you're reducing damage you've taken by 10 per round or something, mm. then hey... Well, you're going to live Suddenly a lot longer. Order. True, um, and that might need to cost key if you if those are if that really is powerful. And it it, it, it the point where it's in play test means that's sort of undefined and it needs more practice. Um, but my my solution was essentially to give people a chance to channel their key and give themselves some temporary hit points as monks um, to make them like allow them to withstand a little bit more, you know, if, they, if they're willing to spend that key in that direction. Also at first level, uh, you do get martial arts, but it's, it's very simplified. There's um, simple martial weapons that aren't heavy. Those are all monk weapons for you. You still get longbows. Uh, it's all dexterity, like normal, and there's the D4 that scales in size, um, as usual, provided you aren't wearing armor or wielding a shield, like normal monks. Um, and the free unarmed strike is a bonus action. This doesn't push you too far with flurry of blows or things that suddenly you feel like you're just the punch, punch, punch person, but it gives you plenty of uh, options if you wanna 
follow into that path or even fall back on it if you need to um, without pushing you too far. And that's all just first level. The big change comes at second level uh, with ascetic aspects, which essentially uh, sort of redefines the direction of the monk. Um, rather than giving you flurry of blows, giving you patient defense, giving you um, step of the wind, those are now uh, a few options from a list of many, um, which may push your monk in different directions. And it's definitely more of an advanced type of game. Um, for new players who might now, do be a little get, overwhelmed, do you get all of them or much. do you pick and choose? Like well, you pick and choose. Yeah, you wouldn't like a warlock or a sorcerer. Of course, that's what I mean. Chooses like invocations. Their, yeah. Or like um, battle master maneuvers. Not all of yeah. them are martial or damaging, but they all have... Um, and that means everybody, everybody's build of their monk can be designed a little bit more around the flavor yeah. that, that, that they're trying to bring to the table. Hmm. Uh, I, I always look between... Because what happened to the idea of like, I always like, okay, from Robin Hood, there was a character named Friar Tuck. He was clearly a monk, but he was like really kind of fat, uh, ate all the time, which is usually the typical thing. Um, you know, that's not like a monk build that we really do now, the, the fat, slow monk. But I think the idea of being able to have archetypes rather than stereotypes so that I can build something like that that's like outside of it and they can choose different skills that aren't necessarily step of the wind, right? Because that doesn't make sense for yeah uh, that sort of character exactly and there's all sorts of different options i flip between whether replacing it happens between levels or between long rests um i'm more lenient as a dm um but i i do like to see people describe it but i know people who are also like long rests is they can flip it out too soon and what's the point this is supposed to be part of their character but again if a player is not having fun then ultimately i, I care more I've about seen, the fun than i, I actually, do about i've seen the, a lot of twitter long term or whatever a lot of twitter chat about that lately a lot of people have been trying out letting people the letting players switch stuff around on long, uh, on long rests and it makes for actually players who are happier more engaged to yeah, have a better chance of planning and prepping their stuff there's some situations um, where i'd say no but i feel like most situations are allowed and yeah. of course there's level prerequisites because some of these are more powerful and I think, than you know battle masters being able to move their stuff around like if especially the party knows what what the next day is going to bring they want to sort of like you know adjust a little bit so that mm. they can and, and really what we're trying to do is tell a cool story with yeah. some cool characters. So letting the players have uh, the flexibility. And, you know, ages ago, this would have fixed Ranger as well. The original Ranger, if every day you could just pick your favorite terrain for the day. Or if there are other benefits with favorite terrain that weren't just navigating well. Sure. Like I've seen um, Laser Llama on Reddit's revised Ranger um, gives all sorts of unique things like swimming speeds, climbing speeds, yeah. um, better hiding, things like that that are all... Uh, not combat stuff, still not combat stuff, um, but still make it feel like your favorite terrain is actually giving you something that defines your yeah. character and not just, I'm in this environment. And I think, you know, even when as with your build here uh, with the redesign of Monk, the idea of going prolonged rest would never be problematic in no, a game. I don't think so. Um, I just think the only thing that makes it problematic at the point right now is that a lot of other classes don't. So as a DM, I would just table rule. Yeah, if you guys want to change out those sort of optional feature things at long rests go for it yeah so it's like prepping spells if limitedly though not if, everything if, the, if spellcasters can choose different spells at long rest why can't well sure there's a, reason a battle why. master have a different technique or, or swatching out one in a while you know it's, it's not a bad idea at third level they get expertise i wanted them to feel more studious and skill like uh, and so i give them two they can take two of their three proficiencies and turn them into expertises um which i think is just nice uh, also, third level, you get your mon monastic tradition. Makes them a little bit more like rogues. So with their when you're getting the expertise, like what what sort of like you you could like gain expertise in 
anything that you already proficient in or i mean do rogues get to do that no no it's the same as rogues okay okay anything you're proficient in you can now make an expertise yeah. choose one of your skill proficiencies well two of them and you can double those proficiencies into expertise essentially so that, that really helps fix the, them not being skill monkey enough which yeah. many people feel like they should be and they're really not well and, and sometimes expertise in a s small field also feels more fun at the table too as long yeah. as you're not doubling up with somebody else who also has it at the table and now there's like another little specialization it's, it's a very small one that isn't really often acknowledged but can be tremendously useful in defining what your character feels like especially sure. when you're making those checks which happen all the time uh, more than combat really um also is the monastic tradition stays the same 6 11 17 but i've melted many of the subclasses down into uh, ascetic aspects um like long death i felt didn't have anything uh, most people forget long death um because it is very forgettable well, and um, i so think turns some of those just features the name turns me things. off like when i think about it because i'm like oh i don't want to play that sort of character i'm not the sort of guy who sure. taps you and then like two years later you die that's like right you know Although really, that's open hand, but still, it, oh, it didn't have enough hand? pull to it. Um, open hand is, but again, it, it, what are, what's the line here? What's the line death, here? Touch of death is. What does touch of death do? Well, you're thinking of quivering palm, which is the 17th level. Oh, mark I see. One, which, so touch of death, uh, when you reduce a creature yeah. within five feet of your hit points, you gain temporary hit points. Oh, sure. It's, like it, a it's a little thing. weird. It, it's very vampiric, which could be very fun to do. And I've had ideas where you run a dampier long death that's all about using their unarmed strikes as bites. And yeah. really, those that's that's the whole idea, which is a c cool concept, but it's cool one time. And long death is often ignored outside of that. Um, and so I feel like it doesn't need to exist. Four elements, a lot of people complain about um, just like having nothing um, besides their very limited spell casting, which is a very fair complaint. Uh, and so I've just melted them down into aesthetic aspects, um, essentially, because a lot of them are already very modular choices you make, which just makes sense with that feature already, you know? Um, with that, you know, whole idea of wisdom and spell casting, and, and that all monk could be magical if they wanted to. Um, like, if you wanted to have a monk that uh, plays a little bit in water bending or in that sort of realm of of effects, and you could flavor it as something else. Um, like, especially the wind, you could flavor it as something else. But still, I, I wanted that option to be present. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Kensei is also there. Things like Agile Parry and uh, Deft Strikes um, have all also been turned into more martial arts style aspects that utilize weapons um, to focus more on that side of it. Uh, I, I do need to add more that are somewhat more supportive or defensive uh, and more that just focus on your unarmed strikes um, because some people do really like playing into filling that martial arts style um, and really I haven't explored that enough yet. But it just shows how much potential there, there could be in that idea and I, I've made a bunch of new ones as well. Um, but otherwise, progression maintains fairly similarly. You get your extra attack at 5th level. Uh, you gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws soon after. Uh, and things like um, Stellance of Mind are also reshaped to uh, make a little bit more sense because people complain about that one as well. And so um, generally scaling, it stays the same. Timeless Body now gives you exhaustion recovery. Uh, and I know if you're not familiar, this all sounds a bit compl complicated, but this is just general um, quality of life fixes almost uh, for Monk where people just like small nitpicks that you're right they don't they could be better and so it's just putting a little tension and then the capstone which really for a lot of these point-based classes is always underwhelming um i mean you think paladins they get their final subclass ability which like makes them like practically agents of the gods you think of arc druids which get wild shape as much as they want um where sorcerers and monks just get four points back when they roll for initiative which yeah. is really like ugh. Like I took a page out of Barbarian and give them a plus two increase to Wisdom Dex, which is far more useful because um, it could theoretically put your AC at 22 um, while you're unarmored. 
Uh, and then also, uh, rather than when you roll for initiative, but if you start your turn in combat and you have no key points, you get four back. Uh, way more generous, uh, and people will be like, that's overpowered, you have infinite key points now, and yeah, but it's one of the level, you know? It's not like, I'm just saying you have unlimited key points, you could run out on your turn, and then you just get four back, right? And four is, if you're spending more than four a turn, you know, and you don't get four every turn, it's if you're yeah. at zero, you know? it's That's just, I feel, reasonable. Uh, and so if you run out between combats, you'd still be out, and I don't know, that's what I use to justify it. But ultimately, it's 20th level. No one ever gets there anyways. I, I There was another idea we had that we I quite liked. Um, I'm not sure what you've done with it, but as a simple table rule to fix timeless body at 15th level, uh, where it basically says your key sustains you, so you suffer none of the frailty of old age, and you can't be aged magically, which I'm a bit like, really? Like... How often does that ever come up in the game? Banshees. Okay, you get touched by, yeah, banshees or ghosts or something. There's some things that can age you, but generally speaking... Oh, no, banshee doesn't age you. It just, ghosts. just kills you completely, uh, whereas the ghosts age you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... There's some things. How, how, yeah, but it's not it's not f- that fun, really. Well, you also get the no longer need food or water. And yeah. The immunity to I thought, poison, I thought poison the, disease comes earlier, but the I looked one, at it with that The one well. extra bit on this is that... Um, we added in, which we, I thought was fun, was once per short rest, uh, you could reduce a level of exhaustion. Yeah, um, I had that written down as well, and I actually mentioned that. Using, Maybe I was assuming by it, but um, I sorry, do it. Say that one again. I will. I had it whenever you regain key points by finishing a short rest, making that a part of that whole meditation thing oh, where I you see. gain back. And so if you're not doing that thing and just short resting, then you don't get it back, right? Because key points are built on, like during the short or long rest, you need to spend 30 minutes meditating. Um, and you get them back and then but you get and you regain the level of exhaustion is it did you say that as well yeah yeah and then oh, when that. you get that key point back by doing that short rest you get that level of exhaustion removed yeah uh, so i think this is like that it makes sense it, it's like a little thing you know? yeah well just, i just love sense. this idea of i mean there is exhaustion is one of these things in the game that are really tricky to get rid of um, and that somehow the monk being of the timeless body, um, the idea that they have this ability to, to shrug off tiredness or exhaustion mm. is pretty cool. Um, and I wanted to keep some of those scaling features that feel like very universal, um, this idea of key sustaining you, which I've kept in many of them, but other ones that sort of felt like tongue and tongue of moon, like many monks feel like, well, why do I suddenly understand everyone and everyone understands me? That's a little yeah. like... I don't know how I feel about that. And so that's now an ascetic aspect. You know, you can still have that if you want it. Um, and many monks choose to take that. But it suddenly feels like, the, I mean, maybe it was there to give them more of a social aspect, but it, it feels kind of out of left field. And many of those features at higher levels do. Um, and so I've just sort of tried to loop those together where I can or put them out into the ascetic aspects um, where they'd have a higher level prerequisite, for example. Um, with that, though, there's a bunch of new ideas as well. Um, and we don't have to go through all of them, but... Things like giving you a little bit of spell casting, turning like things like astral body, like people or the astral self, not the subclass, but the the feature where you can cast astral projection. Like many people see high level monks do that sort of thing, like spirit projection, but not every monk is like that. And so I wanted again to make that now an optional thing. If you're more of that spirituality ascending thing, you can still take that, but you don't have to. Um, other things like casting things like tidal wave or learning some more elemental cantrips um or like you said deflection is one of those things if you want to go much more just forget about the magic stuff i just want martial there's options for you too you know um to make it a balance of these different things we see all over the place that well, and, aren't and just then when you see Asian a little bit more of a stereotype yeah well we get into something that 
and maybe it has some Asian connections to it, but the, the, you know, from the Marvel movies, from Dr. Strange, we see, you know, the, the monks, uh, in it often being able to fight and also open up a teleportation circle. Sure. Uh, you know, there's some fun ideas there that if I want to try and build something like that right now, I'd have to multi-class like crazy mm-hmm. in order to get there. And I'm not even sure it would work that well because, you know, the spell casting abilities and monk abilities aren't always the most compatible. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, doing doing something like this where we can add in optional p- pieces to the class to make it a spell, more of a, a partial caster, um, I think really goes a long ways to to creating a wide variety of new type of, of monk characters. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, I think in terms of what like what subclasses do you keep then and how do you revise those? Because a lot of the subclasses are predicated on the use of Flurry of Blows. But what if it was so taking them off of that is almost the so, next step, right? All right. So when you look at the subclasses of like Warlock, which I always keep coming back to as one that's interestingly designed, it's it really is much more about things like, you know, you're choosing your patron in a way as part of your your character build. And I don't know, is, is it would it be possible to do the same sort of structure with the with the monk where it's really, you know, the monastery or your, your monastic traditions or whatever like that, that is the subclass. Like, I'm not sure if I'm making that making any sense, but I think it is, is the thing. But I think it often doesn't feel like that because it's sort of undefined what mercy means. And it, it there's a line between like a clear vision of what a subclass is and versatility and you do have to walk that line between not locking people in one direction um but also not being too vague as to where the whole feel of it is is gone right yeah in in warlock is structured in a way where it's very clear while giving people a lot of freedom to customize what that is like there can be an archfey without telling you what that archfey specifically is um Whereas open hand doesn't really give tell me anything, you know? Yeah, well, I think that's why I'm saying like those names and stuff. It's almost better that you, you, like you said, you melted them down, pull out the interesting features and make those things that you can select from. Sure. And then I think for the, for then the styling sort of thing, like to take a step back and go, okay, well, what are, you know, just in the way that, you know, what are, would the patrons be? Where's the, you know, where are the sort of broader, um, sort of archetypes yeah the archetype stories that we have Mm. and the martial arts one is one of those and maybe a couple maybe there's a couple variations on it that are a little bit different but then you can start coming up uh with more and more that are very different flavors that are outside of those sorts of things completely well it tries to do that like way of mercy is this doctor like monk that's more of a physician there's the shadow which is very much so the ninja right um there's the ascendant dragon which to me feel like a long necessary like dragons were a huge part of my martial arts training is this symbol of of yeah perhaps perhaps oversaturized all um, of your yeah i mean all the the sort of set patterns of that you used to perform all had 
they were all like different sure. dragon names, weren't they? Like they Yeah, absolutely. And so this almost felt like it was it was necessary as a part of it, but suddenly now there's two elemental things and um and so I think keeping a a dragon is fine. There's the whole developing the astral self. I mean, you look at a huge inspiration, people often point to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure as a uh as what this sort of looks like to them is that this this projection of the spiritual self, um, that you are in tune like very much so and then people like to lean into the idea of key as the spiritual force that I can tap into right yeah. um as a martial art user um and, and astral self is perfect for that too um cobalt soul is uh limiting in the fact that it's very setting based um cobalt soul doesn't tell you anything about what the subclass does unless know, you're familiar but, with what but again, those so monasteries you, you, are you step it back and you talk about you know a something about a li library something about research well it's actually very much so about um getting dirty and extract extracting the truth well hers was but i'm saying like if we were building well, the ones where the features are we were trying to sort of say hey where'd you come from and like you said one could be sort of a medical sort of place another could be a, a, a even in the house of a dragon or underneath the 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 you know layer of a dragon or something another one could be like a library type space another one could be um something that was much more natural elemental based you know and, and so we do start getting those sort of things but we back it up farther so that when a player comes into it they're like okay so this is like under the dragon type umbrella i can do almost anything i want in this space rather than it being so prescribed as this is what your subclass is just mm -hmm. tiny little narrow thing. Don't step outside. Yeah, definitely. Don't color outside the lines. I mean, some of the subclasses, like we said, can say long death, feel like they, I mean, one, either they're never chosen or they're always chosen because people be like, well, I want to do a monk, but I don't want to just punch people. I want to use weapons. And the only way I can really do that well is if I go Kensei. And now we just skip over everything else, right? And we've always picked Kensei. Like, not, again, it's kind of like a Hexblade issue, which again, criticism of the the warlock perhaps it's not perfect um is that people just end up picking kensei yeah well i mean hex blades are just when everybody first sees them come on they're they're just gishy cool they're cool and uh, people and like I, their weapons people like their their blades and if you go back to our very earliest vibe. episodes of this podcast it begins with me complaining everybody keeps playing hex blades and there's a reason they play them i get it um but then once they've played them for a while they do tend to move on to uh you know absolutely uh, less you know obvious sort of builds and i think that's all i'm trying to c communicate with the monks as well is like mm. how do we do less obvious builds and i think with the way it's currently set up we don't i think all the monks subclasses that currently exist uh and and this isn't about a couple of quick table fixes to improve how key works it really has to go back to you know getting away from the idea of this being a martial artist yeah, and, and I think people will be like, okay, well, what's the role of monk? Because a lot of people don't really understand the role of monk. I'd say make it something that can be anything. Make it that versatile class that you could go a supportive role with it. You could go the um, very, uh, I don't use the word CC, like um, uh, hindrance almost. Like you go like light, turn into the whole poisoner, stunner, whatever you want to yeah. do with that. I even think that in certain parties, you know? why couldn't they be the healer? Or the librarian, or the uh, the infiltrator, or uh, the assassin. All these things are I like things the, that monks could do. I like the do. idea that they could heal. I really do. And without making them in every class, like some people call, like, I don't know, it's actually not super common, but I do some see some criticism, although it can't just be everything, because a lot of people, when they do homebrew, essentially 
make so much choice that it's like you can do literally anything and why play any other class which is a line you do need to skirt but i think that this notion with the monk only being the martial artist is reductive yeah and that there's so much more potential right and i think we'll eventually we'll post this revised monk once i've given it maybe a little bit more thought but uh or at least a little bit more perhaps um finishing touches a little bit more what do you call it finesse finesse well Polish? don't even get me to the whole finesse property thing and unarmed strikes and ugh, the amount of times people go like oh i could do a, a rogue monk that gets sneak attack on there and i'm sure i go well i i think that's a cool idea unfortunately rules was written no your your fist is not a finesse weapon but if a player wanted to do that i'd be like you know what why not although exactly if you train in martial arts for that long how is your hand not a finesse weapon I mean, it's a dexterity weapon, but it's not I mean, if, if you can use your, your fingers to manipulate and pick at anything in the world, I mean, you don't have anything more finesse in your body than your fingers. Mm. I mean, how is the end of a rapier more finesse than the end of your finger? Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, and I could go into it all the little, because I've made at least over, maybe over 20 aesthetic aspects, and there's already way more that could be done. Um, that play into the idea of, you know, aspect of the, the cobra, aspect of the dragon, of the falcon, of the mountain, or whatever, right? And all these things people like imagine, like big tattooed wave diagrams and them, you know, going full avatar, you know? In Four Elements, again, people are frustrated with Four Elements, you know, and it's making that accessible. Um, but there's def definitely potential, and I could go on, but the point is that maybe you should start thinking about the way you could make a monk your own. Yeah. You know, with the rules out there, with the things out there, with multi-classing maybe, or by talking to your DM about, okay, how can we change this? How can we make this something bigger and better? Well, and I think also the important part with this is, is as much as we, you, you, like you say, you've kind of boiled down and kept the features. And we've talked about how do you build stuff before and, and you know, the tendency is to make it OP. I almost think that the more I've been playing D&D, &D, the more I recognize, like, if you can imagine your character kind of in your head, Right, what you kind of want them to be and what you want them to do, um, you if you're at that point in playing D and D, you definitely have a relationship with your dungeon master, and I think some of us have maybe a little bit shy still about coming out and saying, "Hey, here's my character idea. It's not from the books. It's not this. This is what I want this this character to look like. I want them to be the friar tuck of the party, uh, or whatever." And then say to your DM, it just, under the way Monk is currently set up, I can't build them. Uh, you know, and then begin a conversation. Um, right, well, then then there's the whole argument. What is the Friar Tuck then? You know, why don't you just play a cleric? Why don't you just play yeah. a wizard? Why don't you just play an artificer? Well, maybe that's just... Why don't you just play a rogue? You know? this is, and we've done this before as well, where we say, okay, well, we're going to use cleric to build a better monk. And I'm sure that and, it could be done. And you really, you know that a class is seriously underwhelming when you can say, why don't you just play a blank instead? Yeah. And that's the point where I'm like, okay, monks definitely need attention if people are like, why don't you just play a blank instead? Um, yeah. Which I find myself even saying that because I'm like, well, I know this person will have more fun if they go with this more varied option, which gives them more freedom. But really, I'm just reducing the monk class to this martial artist when really I could be, I mean, redoing it and uplifting it with this knowledge of the game, you know, this appreciation. Like, why not put more time into it and investing it? Yeah. You know? But that's just a theory, a game theory. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah, I was old. Anyways, thanks for listening to us ramble about monks. Um, 
I, I, don't know if we, campaign three I don't know if we ever really horror, got but. I don't know if we ever really got to the bottom of uh of easy way for people out there in Radio Land to fix to their fix monks. It? No. But I think um, argue for more proficiencies, um and yeah, I don't know. It, more flexibility. It, more even, flexibility. Even the maybe. ability to kind of pick and choose between the subclasses. I mean, there's a few ways oh, you could you talk to your DM about, yeah, just trying to come up with something that, uh, I guess there really has to come up with a way to say, hey, I don't want every round of combat just to me being, you know, punch, punchy, punch, punchy. punch. Yeah. Like, or I don't want every time in between combat me to be the one guy going, hey, I don't have any skills. Don't look at me. Or I'm the one who runs up the tree to get yeah. the vantage point. You know, that's like kind of just what monks do is use their movement to get into places that others can't go. Yeah. Like that's kind of the extent of what monks are used for outside of combat, which is like, and there's no social aspect to them at all, which I think is okay not to lean on. I mean, generally the seclusion hermity monastery style doesn't give you a lot of charismatic nature. Um, and I think that is ultimately the weakness of the class is the true, um, blind spot which i think is fine i think monks don't need to be charismatic i think that's the that's the thing that they're not doing there's already so many great charisma classes yeah. um in the game that monk not being one of them is fine but making them more exploration more skillful more um of those things uh while also boosting their combat potential uh, in a way that doesn't just make them punchers is really the direction the class needs to go and it does take structural Reorganize. And remember, folks, unarmed strikes can be kicks as well. And headbutts and everything. Like, unarmed strikes can yeah, be yeah. bites, could Elbows, be clawing. Knee to the on, groin. You know, absolutely. Be creative with your unarmed strikes. Don't make it just like hip bop, bop. You don't always make it bop, bop. Make hip. it something else. Yeah, yeah. Body check. Sure. Elbows. Yeah. I'd even let players, I mean, get into the whole idea of improvised weapons. I mean, hucking things, and maybe you get to a point where it's too far. But again, why can't improvised weapons be monk weapons? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and you look at some of the feats that are out there, like the grappler and the tavern brawler and things like that. It's, and you feel like it's like right there, you know, you know, know. And, there's and, another subclass for you, right? Yeah. But how to make a really good tavern brawler monk. Totally. Anyways, thank you all again. Enjoy Critical Role Episode 3, the VOD coming out on Monday slash Tuesday. I mean, what time zone you're in. Yeah, I, I, are we getting paid from these guys? Like, I, well, I just want to support them, man. I love Critical Role. All right. They do it. They do a lot of things right i mean combat maybe sometimes i i scream at the tv um i think we all do inside a little bit but i don't know it's just good to see people playing DD again it is uh i hope you're out there in radio land listening to us playing some DD very soon as well and uh we will catch you all next week wow. Wow.